Welcome to the Shepherd's Crook Podcast. The Shepherd's Crook exists to provide care, counsel, and resources for pastors. You can get more information at theshepherdscrook.co. My name is Jared Sparks, and I'm a pastor coming alongside other pastors, reminding them of the chief pastor. Hello, and welcome back to the Shepherd's Crook Podcast. I hope you guys are all doing well today. What we're going to do today is talk about the process of becoming an elder at Christ Church Carbondale, the church that I get to serve. Let's pray. Father, thank you for this morning. It's a great morning, beautiful morning already. We just thank you for it. We ask for blessing upon this week, the work of our hands, the work of our mind, and we wanted to honor you. And I pray that would be represented in this podcast this morning. I pray you'd help me as I'm walking through the process of becoming an elder at our church. And even at our church, God, I pray you'd help us to really tighten up any loose ends and really make this process smooth and helpful for our church and for our elder candidates. We love you and we praise you. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Before we get into the content today, I want to remind you of a project that I had been planning on doing and it has been postponed a little bit, but it is going to be coming out. I am doing a Rites of Passage project where I'm going to be recording teaching sessions, not just small podcasts, but longer teaching sessions via video, and it will be released on audio as well, on the Rites of Passage of Training Boys into Men. And this is going to be released episode by episode. And for those that are a part of our church family, they're going to get access to that for free. For those that are listening in or on Gab, you're going to get access to that via uh, pay. So it will be a purchasable, just a whole course on rites of passage. And I've done the bite-sized versions of that in the podcast and presented that to you. And you can find that in the podcast stream. But if you want a longer and extended teaching version of that, that you're going to be able to make a small group out of or get your group of men around a campfire and watch the video or talk through the content, you'll be able to do that. And I'll be releasing that sometime later this or uh, sometime early 2023. So be on the lookout for that. I think it's going to be released for about 20 bucks, something like that. But we'll be releasing that and I'll be updating you on that here sometime soon. Now, the process of becoming an elder is an important process. If you get to serve at a local church and if you have that internal call and then you have that you have to have that external process into pastoral ministry, then there's got to be that process in place at the church that you're currently serving or that you're currently a member of. Now, I've talked several times before when I'm talking with all these interviews about the internal and external call into ministry. If God has placed that holy burden inside of you and the first qualification to be called to be an overseer is a proper aspiration to it. So if, if you don't have uh, a self-indulgent call for power or something like that, but if God has put it within you a desire to preach his word and to serve his people in a formal way in that office of the elder or office of overseer, presbyter, bishop, any of those titles, if God has called you into that office, then there's got to be some sort of external process to get there. What now? I've got this desire to preach the word. I've got the desire to serve God's people. What now? And in our church, we put together a process because we don't want the elder team, the elder table, to be a closed table, a closed team forever. In other words, we have four elders right now, or five elders right now, and we don't want that to be our five elders for the rest of our lives, where it's just closed, next generation, sorry, we're still serving, we're still the elders, there's no process into pastoral ministry. And if you don't have a process, if you don't get one right now, start working on it today, start working on it this week, get with your elders and start working on a process. Because if you don't have a process to become an elder, here's the deal, you're most likely going to be a one-generation church or the process of transition from... Uh, when you guys are transitioning from elders and you either die or move out, if there's no process in place, 
then your church honestly is on a process of, of slow, long decay already. Because you're telling the young men, we are the elders and you don't have a place. You don't have a seat. And here's what happens with young men. They will find a place to serve. They will find a people to serve. They will find a people to fight for. And they will find a people to lead, whether it's at your church, your assembly, or somewhere else. And if you don't create that space and that process, then they will find somewhere that has created that space and process for them, and they'll run into that. They'll leave the, your church, even if you're their own sons, and they'll go find another place to serve. They'll go find another place to lead, because that's what men are built for. They're built for this. And so they're going to find the few congregations that have this process in place. They'll find them, and they'll go there. And the churches that don't have this process in place, they won't go there. It's just a matter of fact. And so what you'll see in your area and region is the churches that do have a plan to raise up young men, and to train them and to build them up into life and ministry, well, that's where the young men will be. And the churches that don't, that just stiff arm, and this is what you see with a lot of lot of uh, churches, they'll stiff arm because they want to hold on to power or position, or they see young ministry leaders as a threat. They see strong young men as a threat. So they stiff arm them, and they push them away. And if you stiff arm them and push them away, guess what? They'll go away. So you have to have some sort of process. Now, our process is not set in stone. This is going to be a two-year process for our, our newest elder candidate. We got to welcome a great candidate into a pastoral ministry at our church this Sunday. And for the next two years, he's going to be meeting with us in our elder meetings, going through some books together with us, being together with us on our retreats and our times when we go out to eat and spend time together and just build camaraderie as pastors and pastors' wives. And so we're excited, really excited about this new pastoral candidate. And he's a phenomenal, he's a friend. He's been in pastoral ministry, so he's been an elder for years. And he's just a man of a lot of wisdom, integrity. He already meets the qualifications of 1 Timothy chapter 3 and Titus chapter 1. And so now becomes the, the formality, not of affirming God's call in his life, but the, the formality of stepping into being an elder at our church. So here's what that looks like at our church. And this is replicable. It doesn't have to be this exact same thing. And we're trying to tighten up loose ends. And, and we're going to do a better job of that over the next two years than we have in the past. But here's what we do, and it just gives you a little bit of an example for you to be able to build something out. Something has to be done. So this is something that you could possibly do. So when somebody presents to us a desire to be an elder at the church, it has to be in a formal way. They have to write a letter. They have to show proper aspiration because First Timothy chapter 3, if anyone aspires to the office of overseer, he desires a noble task. So there has to be the aspiration for it. You can't be manipulated into it. You can't be talked into it. If you have to be talked into being an elder, there's something wrong. You have to have the proper aspiration to it, and you have to have the wisdom to know the difference between a selfish ambition and a godly ambition. There has to be the godly ambition for the office of overseer. So this candidate wrote a letter and submitted it to the elders, and we looked at it, and we all knew that this guy was already a qualified elder, and so we went around the room, the elder room, had, is there any concerns, anything at all that would be a red flag? No red flags, no concerns. The next step is to announce, is to, announce to them where you're welcome into the elder process. So that means every elder meeting for the next two years, this candidate will be with us. He'll be able to talk. He just won't be able to vote, but he'll be in the room with us. He'll be bringing the wisdom that God has given him to us. And we'll be considering the matters and praying through matters with us. We'll be in our prayer meetings together. And that's how we structure our elder meetings is we have one business meeting as elders. And then the next meeting is a prayer meeting as elders. He'll be involved in all of that. Our Christmas party for our elders and wives, he'll, he and his wife will be there and let me let me sip my coffee real quick, just a second. Our yearly pastors and wives retreat. He'll be there. They'll be there. He and his wife will be there. So they're in this whole process for the next two years. The whole idea with this two-year process is that 
Not necessarily to say, now we know you're qualified, because you already know this man's qualified on the front end. The whole process for the two years is that the congregation would really get to know this family well, because this is going to be the family that's serving them. We want to avoid at all costs just hiring people from the outside and bringing them in. We want to always raise them up within uh, within the church. And two years, some, some people might think, well, two years, that's a long process. When we're considering decades of ministry and multi-generational ministry and God establishing the work of this assembly beyond me and our current elders, two years is nothing. Two years is hardly no time at all. And two years is a lot of fun. Two years goes like this. And one of the things you realize when you get a little bit older is how quick a year goes, how quick two years goes, how quick four years goes. It's just amazing how you look back in time and you just see, my goodness, my kids are this age now. And you get this. This is something that just happens with time and age as you realize how quick just time just flies. And so two years is not that big of a process. So here are the books that we're going to go through over the next two years. So as, as a church, we have to know that this guy <clears throat> already is going to have some sort of general consensus with the London Baptist Confession. He has to be reformed in his soteriology. You can be a member of our church and you don't have to have a reformed soteriology. You have to be reformed in your understanding of salvation to be an elder at our church. And you have to have a general consensus with the London Baptist Confession. You don't have to be a full ascriber to the confession. Uh, I don't think any of us are full ascribers to the confession. You have to hold to this confession generally. And so we'll, we'll have that. I've got a, a banner edition pocket London Baptist Confession going to this candidate and will be in the mail and be presented to him. So you have to go through that confession. You have to work through that. And then you have to know your exceptions. So you have to know where it is that you take exception to the confession and why. And for instance, one exception I take is on the area of offices and the procedures of becoming an elder. So what the London Baptist Confession does is it takes the uh, Acts chapter 6 model of congregation bringing the candidates and the apostles laying hands on those candidates to become a deacon, and they apply that to the office of the elder. And I reject that because it seems the best case to me is to be made that the congregation selects at the direction of the elders, the deacons, but the elders select elders and lay hands on elders at the approval of the, of the church, no doubt. So if the church has a ton of, uh, of uh, confusion as to why this particular candidate is going to be an elder, that's a problem. They, the church should be able to look and be like, yeah, of course. Yeah, why, why, why else? I mean, why we, wouldn't we make this, this candidate an elder? But it's in the hands of and the decision of the elders. So that's one exception that I would take. And also the Pope is an Antichrist, not the Antichrist. And so there, there are several things that you want to know as you're going through the confession that you take exception to and why. So the London Baptist Confession, we want in the hands of our elder candidates. Then Nine Marks of a Healthy Church. I've been disappointed to see eschatology in real life from the Nine Marks guys when it comes to the last two years and their actual... Uh, their, their understanding of the importance of the assembly in the eyes of the state. I've been disappointed in their application of some of the principles that come from the book, that get pulled out of the book, Nine Marks of a Healthy Church, but I love the book, Nine Marks of a Healthy Church, and generally I think it's a phenomenal book and very, very helpful when it comes to understanding ecclesiology uh, from a Baptist perspective. And honestly, those that are in the Reformed uh, confessional Presbyterian world as well. I have a lot of respect for, for Dever and his work and his ecclesiology with a few things here and there, obviously, that we're going to see differently. So this elder candidate will have nine marks of a healthy church. They will have preaching and preachers by Martin Lloyd-Jones. We want to understand the primacy of preaching 
And we will always be a church that holds up the proclamation of God's word. We are going to preach the word as Paul commissions Timothy to do. And anybody that we have uh, to lay hands on, we want them to be able to be a teacher. They're not all necessarily going to be uh, proclaimers of God's word in in a week-by-week setting. But they are all going to have to understand the primacy of preaching. And so we're going to have that in their hands. Biblical Eldership by Alexander Stranch is, uh, or Strachan, Strand, however you pronounce it, is a standard for us. We want to understand a plurality of elders, and that book is so helpful in laying out a biblical case for uh, ecclesiology of elder deacon ecclesiology, and he does a phenomenal job of laying out the the priority of plurality in a local church setting from church by church basis. And so we are very excited to get that in their hands. Uh, the other thing, uh, let's see here. The other one, uh, we had five, but. And uh, I'm missing that in my notes. There will be other books along the way as well, just to throw in. These are just some of the standard works. The whole point is to have some sort of process. This candidate will have opportunities to preach and to teach and to lead small groups. And the whole point over the two years is just to build relationships with the church, where the church just knows, yes, this is our shepherd. He's going to lay his life down for the sheep. He's going to do whatever he can to fight. And the the footsteps, follow the footsteps of Christ, as Christ certainly did lay down his life for his sheep in a unique way. But our elders are going to walk in that way of saying, hey, if we're going to get arrested, it's not going to be our people. We're going to be the ones arrested. If we're going to be uh, you know, mistreated, it's going to be us that are mistreated, that are going to step up and bleed for the sheep if need be. And this is the kind of candidate, this is the kind of man that we know will be that kind of man and he already is that kind of man. So you have to have some sort of process. If this just gets you kick-started in thinking, uh, how, how can we do it? Well, then just put something together. You have to do something. It's kind of like discipleship. You know, God does the work of building disciples, making disciples, and, and he raises us up and lets us share in that work, but he is sanctifying his people. He is beautifying his bride with the water of the word and using us in the process. And it's not our perfect discipleship material and process and plans that builds disciples. We're making disciples, but we're just like doing stuff and watching God work. And there's no just silver bullet of discipleship. Same way with raising up elders in a local church. There's no silver bullet here of a five-step plan to ensure that you're going to have the best elders ever. But you have to have some sort of plan unless you want to be a one-generation church unless you want things to fall apart when you die or or walk towards retirement or you guys resign your post, if you don't have this process, your church is in place of atrophy already. It is not going to last. And so we want to make sure and build multi-generational churches as God would, would, uh, would, as if we want to see God do that work. And uh, I want to challenge you in that. So find some sort of process. If you have any questions, uh, please reach out to me or make some comments, have some conversation about it. And I would love to know what you do for, for your process of raising up elders as well. And I'm sure that I've missed some things along the way, things that we do along the process. But this is the, the big things that we do. And I hope it's been helpful. Thanks so much for listening. Please leave a rating review on iTunes. Please subscribe on Gab and share this and help me spread the word. This is a podcast that I'm going to continue to do and want to do long term and hopefully have my, my sons do with the Sparksman podcast where this develops uh, ministry as it continues to grow. But for it to grow, I need more listeners and need you to, to share it and leave ratings and reviews if it's been helpful. Thanks so much for coming back. I really appreciate you all. We hope you have, I hope you have a great rest of your week.